I swear by all that is holy by Beacon Hill, I will have my revenge. to this week's episode of Whiskey and Mash. I'm Chris, still need to work on my Winchester accent. Pullman. <laughs> I am Gloria, not even going to try a Winchester accent. <laughs> <laughs> this week we'll be talking about Season 9, Episode 13, No Laughing Matter, and Season 9, Episode 14, Oh, How We Danced. Oh, good one. Um, no Laughing Matter, there's two main plots, I think, in this one. The first mm. one, because it's called No Laughing Matter is um, Hawkeye. Uh, he, they start with a survey at the old club. Mm. How secure are you? And do you find uh, do you find uh, it, do you need to deal with serious subject in a joking matter? And Hawkeye actually thought, no, I don't. Mm -hmm. And of course he does because he deals with everything in a laughing matter. So um, so what, are you saying I'm an insecurity risk? Yes. <laughs> Hawkeye and him made a bet. $10 bet. Hawkeye and, um, and Honeycutt made a bet. $10, he has to go 24 hours without making a joke. Mm, well, and, and who really made the bet? It wasn't him and BJ. It was well, him actually, forcing he, it on BJ. <laughs> right, because he yeah. kept saying, like it was really bothering him, yeah. the fact that BJ thought that he had to joke all the time. Because mm -hmm. he actually doesn't think he does mm -hmm. he does because <laughs> it's who he is mm -hmm. i i thought he wasn't even like himself at all without his snide little remarks mm -hmm. um so that was the first part of the plot the, the show the second part is winchester there's uh colonel horace baldwin is coming to camp and mm -hmm. he is the one that sent winchester away because of a cribbage game mm -hmm. for $452.27. Well, now, that's what... Oh, that's what he owed him the next time. That's what uh, Winchester ended up owing Baldwin. Yes, it didn't say this episode, did it, how much? No. It, I, I remember it in a past episode, though. Yeah. So, technically, this is a goof in the show. Uh, Charles actually mentions, you have erased your debt of $623 oh. and then he goes up that amount. Okay. However, that's not correct. It was actually $672.17. Ah, I remember writing that. Because, <laughs> ah, Colonel, I made an error. It wasn't $672.13. It was $672.17. <laughs> Oh, his mouth gets him in trouble. Yeah, and that's the point at which Baldwin was talking on the phone with Potter. And at first he had said, no, Colonel, that's impossible. I couldn't possibly lose a surgeon. And Charles mentioned that he had made an error in the money. Uh -huh. And then Baldwin it's goes, it's possible. It's possible. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. So he got sent to MASH. He is bound and determined. Clinger said, you got more, you know, you get more bees with honey. You have to kind of suck up to him, mm -hmm. you know, because Winchester was on a mission, like angry, so mm -hmm. angry. And 
Clinger being Clinger, knows how to get what he wants mm-hmm. and said to him, no, you need to give him what he wants. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, this Colonel Horace Baldwin is an annoying guy. Mm. He kept talking about Bean Town. If mm. you know Charles at all, yeah. he's Boston. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I did try a Charles accent and it Bastard. didn't work at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. So those were the two main plots. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's um, it's a good, it's a nice callback to see uh, the original guy. To see the original, I'm glad that they got the original guy back to play Horace Baldwin. It's a very interesting callback to see Charles deal with this, and then to see how it remedies. Um, let's talk through that side of the plot. Okay, so, because. That there's an interesting conclusion to it. So he's there on a fact-finding tour. Mm. Whatever, sure, fact-finding tour, whatever. And um, while he's playing cribbage with Charles and earning back, quote-unquote, all his money. And Charles is letting him win. In fact, he, he says towards the end, you're awful cribbage playing. Yeah, um, yeah he's... Which Chris understands because he's an expert cribbage player, and my family is just a small-time cribbage. Because like you're like your dad's a cribbage like judge. king, judge oh, and things, and so my family now, just plays for fun. Yeah. So I'm sure when you play with us, you're like, oh, why would you do that? But I I don't know all the little secrets. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know? My dad studies. He's read theory, cribbage theory. <laughs> So, but, I, um, and he, you've never made us feel that way, but I get nervous playing. <laughs> I don't know why. But yeah, you know, Char- he Charles. He lets me win sometimes. Too, yeah. <laughs> Charles is playing and he's letting Baldwin win and he has a uh, cognac out that he's sharing with Baldwin. Baldwin yes, refers me. to it as hooch. It's like, yes, uh, 12 year old cognac is often quite good. <laughs> uh, but. Then Baldwin says to him, you know, Winchester, not every fact-finding tour is complete if you don't, uh, if, if, if you rely only on uh, cold, hard facts. Uh, yeah, if you get what I'm saying. Uh, uh, I need some companionship. Yeah, so Charles... I, mean, I wrote, what a scumbag. <laughs> yeah, Charles goes to Rosie's and is talking to Rosie about... can. You know, yeah. I have a shy friend. Oh, everyone has a shy friend. <laughs> Too he, funny, though, because when he did meet up with the lady, lady of the he, hour, yeah. uh, who walks oh, in. You have shy friend, Joe, huh? <laughs> and it was funny, too, because she says, oh, Joe. And he's at first going, no, I'm, oh, yeah, Joe. I'm Joe, yeah. <laughs> he was going to tell her his mm-hmm. name. But... Father Mulcahy, he walks in yeah. right as he's talking to this yeah, young lady. Which is a very interesting thing. My but family's putting this child through school. No school! Ten dollar Joel. Ten dollar Joel. Wow, she sure does seem to have the economics down. <laughs> but he arranges for her to show up at Baldwin's tent at 23.30 hours. But what? Who goes there instead, of course? Margaret, because she has a report for him, and walks in and there he is in a leather mask and pajamas oh, leather hooded pajamas can yeah. you imagine oh, gosh. and um so then margaret 
I, I'm guessing kicks him in the nuts. Oh yeah, he came strolling in. <laughs> yeah, and uh, then like the the lady that Charles tried to hire comes running in. To well, first Margaret first. finds Charles at the Oak Club and berates him for what Baldwin did. Then the lady comes in demanding her money of Charles. Tendala, tendala. <laughs> yeah, man in hood on floor rolling around saying get out get out you give me ten dollar <laughs> and he's saying i'm not and she whistles and this massive man <laughs> walks in behind her and bj is in there at that point going wow she trained it to come when she whistles and all of this is going on and you have to keep in mind in the background that Hawkeye cannot make a joke. In fact, he thinks BJ is setting this whole thing up. Yeah. Which I think BJ would have. If would he have. would have thought of it. Yeah. It's all happening. But no, it just happened. Um, <laughs> Hawkeye excuses himself so he doesn't accidentally say anything. But I, I just, I can't get over how funny BJ's comment was when the this massive man pins <laughs> or like grabs Charles and says, Ten dollar or break leg, PJ. <laughs> Charles, give him five dollars and see what it feels like first. For one. I thought that was funny too. <laughs> five dollars. Oh my god. And then um, Winchester goes to see Baldwin to see well, look, kind of Bal figure out. Well, Baldwin, yeah, Baldwin comes. In. Yeah. Baldwin comes to the Oak Club and says, "Ah, Winchester, ah, Houlihan's gone to." Potter, and, uh, well, I can make you part of my staff. In if, Tokyo. In Tokyo, if we stick together on this. So back up my story. Mm -hmm. The she, major made sexual advances to me. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is, again, one of my favorite Charles moments. There are very few of these. I could probably count them on <laughs> one hand, but this is one of them, because what does Charles do? Well, of course, Charles always, I think, does the right thing. Mm -hmm. When it comes to matters of integrity, mm -hmm. I think, like, he's not the nicest person always, no. but integrity mm -hmm. he has. Yeah. He has something where he needs to keep his family name, so mm -hmm. he does stick with Margaret. Yeah. And he tells them, you know, the yeah. colonel said to me, he'll make me his... Like, he could have went back to Tokyo with him, but he wouldn't have been able to live with him. So. Well, and, you know, what does he say? He says, I will not ruin the career of, I don't remember the phrase he used, but something to the extent of, of a, of a peer, of somebody like Margaret. Right, Margaret. I will not do this just to get back to Tokyo. Right. So that was very neat to see of Charles. And then he just looks at Baldwin. I have debased myself. I have endured your... Uh, Bean town and, and... Your horrible cribbage playing. But I will not stand by for this. And uh, so yeah, then after that... Hawkeye gets on the PA and says... Because it's 1201. <laughs> and I have a few things to wrap up here. It's no longer today, it's tomorrow. And he yeah, starts talking about Margaret knowing about leather and uh, the chief... Igor's walk to the breakfast. Mm -hmm. Chief procurement officer Charles and 
just yeah <laughs> but then uh charles and margaret are sharing a drink in the old club in the post-credit scene or post-commercial scene rather and uh and what do you remember that conversation you stand up for a principal yeah yes i did never let that happen again <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it, i like it I, I like it because a they got the same guy back for baldwin we get to see him again and we get kind of closure on that portion of charles like he at this point after that he's not going back to tokyo right it's and not he happening knows it. yeah, yeah you know that's, that's it that's what he did by standing up for margaret he's never going back to tokyo all chances yeah so he's stuck at mash but that also frees him i think a little bit as a character because now this is now he can move forward with his life yeah here here yes um because there was always that small chance of going yeah back always but um yeah and hawkeye hawkeye was not even fun to watch no. Like without his snippiness or his, yeah. like, I don't know if he went overboard with it. Like, do you think? I, I don't know, but I really, on one hand, I agree. He wasn't fun to watch, but I really enjoyed Alan Alda's performance. Oh, yes. He did a good job. Because, because yeah, you have to, you have to flip the script on this character. You know, we didn't see any womanizing or anything in this one, but just that, yeah, that, that, um, that, well, you saw womanizing, but not from Hawkeye. Yeah. From Colonel Baldwin. <laughs> well, no, but I meant from Hawkeye, yeah. But you, you don't you see that see anything. He side. was just very calm. His speech was always the same. It didn't go mm-hmm. up. It didn't go down. Yeah. I just spoke in a monotone area, and I'm yeah. not having fun with life, and I'm just going on, and, oh, thank you, Igor, for my breakfast. And, yeah. oh, you know, the, it I'll was just I'll take some of the all... orange stuff. You mean the green beans? Oh, Green never mind. beans? Like... No, thank no, you. No, thank you. But there was, he, he had to work at the fact yeah. of not. What do you think, Joker. Hawk? Does a Winchester carry a Derringer? I highly I doubt it. Highly doubt, yeah. I, yeah, it just, I, I always like it as when. As much as I love Hawkeye, this is not my favorite Hawkeye. <laughs> no, but I love watching actors play something polar opposite from what they do. Right. That's the reason why I know it's panned a lot, but like uh, when Jim Carrey did the Majestic. I don't know the Majestic. Mm. But Jim Carrey, you know, up until that yeah. point, played a lot of very comical, over the top, silly roles, and then you get the Majestic, and it's a very serious. I did see dramatic. Him play that yeah. comedian. Um, Oh, Andy Kaufman? Yes, mm. I saw that. Not a fan of that movie. Not but a fan of that movie, but that was another serious... And I think he actually won an award for a comedy, and he's like, it wasn't mm-hmm. a comedy. Yeah. But people knew him so well as that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, I always love watching actors Go play out some of their... out of the comfort zone, and I feel like that's kind of what Alan Alda was, so. was doing here, whether, you know, by choice or by <laughs> uh, out of necessity. Do you think necessity. he won the bet? Yeah. I think so, too. But No, absolutely. There was a couple times I thought he was going to lose it. No, yeah. I think, yeah. You know, once or twice he said, I'm not I'm making a joke. This but... is conversation. <laughs> yes. He pointed that out to BJ very specifically. <laughs> but, no, I think he still won the bet. Because at the end you see uh, BJ in the Oak Club when Hawkeye gets on the PA. 1201. <laughs> and BJ just raises his glass to him. So it was a salute yep, to a job well done. Yeah. 
Um, okay. But anything um, else on this? No, I, I that covers everything. Um, uh, on let's see here, the wiki we mentioned that. Oh, the other goof. Um, I don't know if it's so much a goof. There could be a backstory reason for it. Originally, when we see Horace Baldwin, he's a full bird colonel. This time, he's Oakleaf Colonel, so he's a Lieutenant Colonel. So, either they goofed, or we can imagine that in the background, maybe some of this quote-unquote sexual deviancy... Caught got him in some trouble. Yeah, that could be, and he might have been demoted. Who knows? With but, his character, I can see that. Yeah, but, um, yeah, it, it, definitely a slightly different rank. Uh, otherwise, guest stars recurring cast, we had Robert Simmons as Colonel Horace Baldwin, Eileen Saki reprising her role as Rosie, Jeff Maxwell reprising his role as Igor Straminsky, Mai Hee as the Korean woman, Nathan Young as the big burly thing that was trained to come one... Or break leg. Give him five and just see how it feels on one. Favorite line out of this, by the way. Kelly Nakahara as Kelly with uncredited appearances by Joanne Thompson and Jennifer Davis. The production code was Z413, so this was shown in the same order that it was filmed. We had writers Elias Davis and David Pollock with director Burt Metcalf. The original air date was February 16th, 1981. Next up, Oh How We Danced. Now, the... The two storylines here. One I really like. One is convenient. Um, the the one I really like is that BJ is there. The episode starts. It's the first of May, and his and Peg's anniversary is May twenty third, and so uh, they don't get to be together. And he's really bummed about it. And everybody wants to do something for him. Well, Hawkeye arranges something with the help of, like, Klinger, and I'm assuming Charles, since they use his tape recorder, and uh, Peg's dad, and they get Peg to do a little recording with her doing voiceover and BJ doing voiceover, and it's a really nice scene at the end when BJ gets to watch this and watch Peg in a typical day, and... It's uh, beautiful. Yeah, and he's crying, and I tear up a little bit. I know, I did too, it, and I usually don't. Mm -hmm. It's just very beautiful. On the other side of things, Charles goes to give a sanitation report on a new unit in the area, and just blasts this guy who is heading the unit, uh, Major Finch, just blasts him uh, a new hole for how his camp was and um, there's a, a Korean grandfather and grandson that end up coming in grandson caught some shrapnel and he lost his harmonica so and he's had a rough life this kid has, yeah which his mother much was everyone in Korea did yeah, his mother was killed his father if he still lives is fighting in the army um, and his grandfather is the next of kin um, well the grandfather wanted him to have the a harmonica and what BJ Klinger and Hawkeye end up doing is kind of extorting one out of Major Finch uh, pretending Hawkeye pretends to be Charles 
and says, I won't press any charges against you for striking me. Oh, by the way, Major Finch shows up at MASH, yeah. drunk, and hits Charles, knocks out a tooth. So that's and a court-martial offense. Terrible. Yeah, he felt like he shirked he his duties him. as a man, which I think is just way too machismo for whatever. And it gave this elderly father time to teach him karate. Which I have other problems with yeah, but we'll I get to that in a too. second <laughs> um but yeah so they extort a, a harmonica out of him give it to the boy and then the boy actually plays it in the scene with uh bj in the in the film from peg which is really sweet so it comes back together at the end but yeah let, let's go ahead and talk about that so this elderly guy is sitting there while hawkeye is cleaning up winchester after he gets his tooth knocked out and the guy, they're in Korea. They're in Korea. I'm going to repeat that. Korea. They're in Korea. And the guy says, I can teach you most ancient martial art of karate. Uh, they're in Korea. Karate is the Japanese martial art. <laughs> Taekwondo is the Korean martial art. I know this because I have a second degree black belt in that. <laughs> I had to learn a lot of history about Taekwondo and some about Korea. It's a Korean martial art. Karate is Japanese. And I'm pretty sure that this elderly gentleman would know Taekwondo rather than Karate. It's just in the 70s, though, these, these forms of, what would you call it, defense or exercise, yeah. are just coming out. So, actually, you know, like, no one heard of Taekwondo back then. They heard of karate. This was in the 80s. Oh, yeah, 80s. They should have known 70s. better. Yeah, they this was a goof. Yeah, that was a goof. I'm also... I think the uniform was probably all right. Charles had on I know, but a white dobuck and a white gi. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But that but, probably would have been all right, because actually, like, the, the whole belt system wasn't a thing originally. The way you got to be a black belt was your belt just got black. Oh, really? From use. Oh. So the darker it was, the longer you'd been practicing. So that's that. just, that was the thing. But um, I had a real problem with that. It's like, it's taekwondo, not karate. <laughs> that, uh. But also, it's like he's teaching him these very basic things, and Charles gets a big head about it and as Finch comes to deliver the harmonica Charles is trying to show him up and it just kicks a chair and breaks it which is its own problem yeah because yeah. how did that make you feel like a man first well, well no I get it <laughs> well, but okay. he wouldn't have been able to break that chair like that that was a prop chair oh okay you wouldn't I, you wouldn't be able to do that <laughs> that was probably an oak chair held together with nails and glue okay and it's splintered pretty easily yeah it fell right apart i've broken boards pine boards some of them don't break that easily <laughs> anyway makes for good tv i'll, I'll get off my <laughs> soapbox about that um but o overall i like this just because of what they did. They actually got... Um, oh, yeah, this was so cool. You have to keep in mind that 
BJ wanted to just be alone on his anniversary. And mm-hmm. they all knew that wasn't the best thing for him. So this took months of preparation. It, this is not a day or two thing because they had to send back. Pig had to. But I don't. I, see, that's a part I don't get either because he was just asking them those questions. It seemed to be like after the May 2nd. So mm-hmm. how did they get that all done? Like all the questions oh. that Hawkeye was asking him. I mean, it would have taken months to do this. Very not quickly. Days. Yeah. You're in well, Korea. Like you didn't just Yeah, when send it when, over when the a internet. Christmas card takes four months. Yes. This shouldn't have been able to happen this quickly. I right. agree. Okay. It That was my point. That was yeah. trying to make. It couldn't because the show started at the beginning of May and their anniversary was May twenty third. So I had I had a big problem with um uh, with, with the karate thing, and this I is your com- big yes, issue. This okay. is my issue. No, and being as beautiful as it was, yeah, playing playing a lot of role playing games. I would say that in this episode, the male moved at the speed of plot. <laughs> okay. How fast does the ship go? It and, travels at the speed of plot. Yes. <laughs> which happens to be quicker in this episode, because <laughs> yes, I agree. It was May first. Somehow they recorded stuff in like a week. And had it shipped to Peg, who then had her videos done Mm -hmm. and taken and dressed, and Aaron was in it, Mm -hmm. and Aaron is their child together. And had it shipped back. All in the short amount of time. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Wow, they're amazing. Without internet. Yeah. (laughs) Just nail nail. Yeah, that one I was willing to let go for some reason. I don't, I don't know why. I, 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 yeah, that one's my yeah. little... So the, I agree. Those are some gaps in here, but it was... You know, I don't think lately we've really gotten into any sort of social commentary in these, but I think in the in, in episodes, and I think these two kind of brought out a few things maybe uh, that we haven't mentioned. In this one, it highlights again that there are families that are affected mm-hmm. by this. You know, yeah. Which, again, when you consider that this was happening at this point after the Vietnam War, there were still families being affected. Right. You know, this was... When was this originally aired? 1980... Right. 81? Yeah. It should have been well over by then. So, I mean, families were still being affected. So this was still just a reflection of society at the time. And it's subtle. You know, it's not, not very few of the messages that I think we see in these latter seasons are really in your face, but they're there. But they're there. Because, I mean, just like the the Korean grandfather and son, that speaks to a generation yeah. lost there. And. But it doesn't come right out and say it. And even with uh, Horace Baldwin in the last one, uh, let's just say that his quote-unquote sexual deviancy the that sort of alternative lifestyle probably existed for a long time oh just, yes I mean, yeah 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 you, know. you didn't think anything of it you had your your moose and your i mean we see that a lot mm-hmm. through the beginning of mash more i yeah. think than towards the end yeah it just I, and it's there 
and the message too of actually Winchester not feeling like a man. That surprised me that was not in character for mm. him because yeah. he was not a fighter and he has no. given up yeah. on fights before. So why this time I did agree. he, in fact, he quotes Shakespeare and says, um, cowards, cowards die. die many times before they actually, before their death. Uh, uh, and, yeah. you know, I'm just thinking why this time, he's not a fighter. Mm-hmm. He talks and his he's way actually out very proud of not mm -hmm. fighting. Yeah. That takes more of a man, I believe. It takes more of a man to not fight than to fight. Well, and I think he doesn't fight for a different reason because that's uncivilized. But yes, like it, it takes a lot more to rein yourself in than it does to just hit back. Yeah. So why this time was he so? So I guess I have a few things wrong with this particular. Yeah. Show. Totally. Although I love it because of mm -hmm. the ending. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just the... It was a very sweet ending with, again, the video from home. BJ and you get to see Peg. Yeah. So, and, I guess, and it's the same Peg from uh, an episode a season or two ago, Dreams. And I love the fact that it's what I picture Peg to look like. Yeah, I agree. You know, mm -hmm. like... Yeah, it fits. It fits. It fits. <laughs> And I like that they got a child who would have been around one-ish. Right. Exactly instead of like a five-year-old or something. Mm -hmm. But, you know, giving this Aaron a bath. and Uh-huh. Blowing just, the bubbles off her hand. Just <laughs> very sweet. Very sweet. So what they did is had Hawka, or had Hanukkah tell his favorite moments. What What is your day like? What is? Yeah. And then as he's doing it, they're sneaking and taping what he's saying. Mm -hmm. So they took his voice then and sent it to Peg and he did. she did the things on video that he would say. You'd give me a cup of coffee in the morning mm -hmm. and then something, you yeah. know, in the bubble bath, like you said. Mm -hmm. and, the, so those, and then you would dress up and come down mm -hmm. the stairs. Yeah. Where would you go? Oh, he'd probably go out to a little place in Sausalito or Better, better yet, yes. Have home. a candlelight dinner at home, and so she had the places set at the table and, and lit, lit the candles. candles and so it was very nice. Very nice. Mm -hmm. And um, I think my favorite part out of this that it's going to be the same thing I do was um, right after that when that finished. Okay, he gets the, the little boy to start playing the harmonica, and then Margaret sitting next yep. to BJ just leans over and says, "BJ." I know I'm not Peg, but will I do? I, I love that. Thing. And they start dancing, and he just, you know, you see him just letting yeah. himself imagine that it is Peg and dancing, and dancing with her. And tears just falling because mm -hmm. it's not what he wanted. He wanted to just hang out alone and forget. But mm -hmm. I think he needed this. Yeah. Me he too. got to be with Peg. Mm hmm. Yeah. His anniversary. Yeah. I thought that was cool. Yeah. And what a great friend to do something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, if mm -hmm. I had, I, I would love a friend like that. Yeah. Who would think so far in advance of a my whole twenty-two days. days. <laughs> Gosh darn it! Couldn't happen. <laughs> but you know, yeah. how cool is that? Mm -hmm. That's a true friendship. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah couple of great episodes although I, <laughs> I i can't say that i really find a lot of episodes in these last few seasons not worth watching right you know and i think i think i mentioned this last week where 
we're really getting this ensemble together finally. We're they know each other. And they, they play off each other. So well, you know, especially the ones who've been there for five, six seasons together at this point. I mean, it's season nine, but you, you've had uh, Mike Farrell there. You've had, well, everybody. Everybody. You know? Yep. Um, uh, oh. uh, Ogden, Ogden Steers, David Ogden Steers oh, has God. been there for the least amount of time, but everybody else has been there. They've grown into this, uh, pardon me, I'm going to use it again, ensemble cast, and they just work really well together, and I love seeing that. And that's so rare. You got mm -hmm. very few shows that have that. Mm -hmm. And the, I will say the one thing that I truly love about these latter seasons is when we start to get the background characters coming out of the woodwork more. Mm -hmm. You know, we've seen you Igor see the Kelly Nakaharas and the Kellys that. and the Joannes. I know and coming like, up is one of my favorite episodes, and it's with Kelly. Yeah, we haven't had it yet. Where she is the central character. Mm -hmm. She's been here since the first season, but yes. she gets her own episode. And she has a name, and she's you know. Yeah. You get to know her. Mm -hmm. Bigelow yeah. is around, and all these people are are finally part of the cast, even though. You know, not the main cast, but they've right. been here the whole time. Exactly. And they're given their moment, and it's great. So, um, with that, let's close out this episode. Uh, do I have... Okay. Guest stars recurring cast, Yuki Shimoda as Kyung Lu. Arlene Dean Snyder as Major Finch. Katherine Bergstrom as Peg Honeycutt. Michael Cho as Soon Chi Lu, Jennifer Davis as oh, Lieutenant Jennifer, Shari Saba as Nurse Shari, uncredited appearances by Kelly Nakahara, Joanne Thompson, and uh, the character of Aaron Honeycutt, of course. Cause oh, yeah, the little she, baby. The little baby wasn't big enough to actually have lines, but she was there. I'm assuming it was a she. I don't know. The production code on this was Z414. So again, it was actually shown in the, in the order in the order that it was uh, shot. Writer Dennis Koenig, director Alan Alda. Original air date February twenty third, nineteen eighty one. Oh, how we danced! Mm. Um, thank you for tuning in this week. If it's your first week or your uh, a return customer, sure we can call it a return <laughs> customer. Um, a fan. A fan. Thank you for coming back and listening to us. If you want to catch up with any of our past episodes, they're available on Stitcher or your favorite podcast application. Just search for Whiskey and Mash. We should be out there. Or you can head over to our website, narclaninc.com. That's N-A-R-C-L-A-N-I-N-C.com. Go to the podcast link. Go to the Whiskey and Mash page. And there on that page are MP3s of all of our past episodes. You can download them or stream them right from the website. Also on that website, you will find links to our Facebook page, and an email link, so you can email us directly here at the podcast. Go over to the Facebook page. I encourage you, like our page, follow us. Every time that I put up a new episode, I copy over the description and the link onto our Facebook page. That way, uh, if you don't subscribe, you can find it over there. And, uh, you know, like that. Let us know that you're there. Make a comment, that sort of thing. We just really like to know that we do have an audience. Come visit us. Yeah, virtually. That, that's virtually, a, that's yeah. a really good way to put it. Yeah. Come and visit us online. Um, if 
if you found some value in this, you know, uh, and you want to help support us, right now all we're asking you to do is just share this with a friend, a family member, a coworker. If you're on Facebook and you like our page, share that. Share our post of our latest episode so that other people can find it. We just want to grow our our listener base so so that more people so we can share this with more people our passion our love for this show and uh, after mash once we get there <laughs> for whatever love there might be for that show still have not or seen derision. it and i'm not <laughs> going to see it until we watch it together and then uh maybe frazier <laughs> and then yeah you know give us some feedback on that what should we do after after mash after after well <laughs> it's just fun to say you know we were thinking about Frasier that might be it uh, Mary Tyler Moore show maybe or if you have another suggestion sure. we'd love to hear it so head on over to Facebook facebook.com slash whiskey and mash that's our page like us let us know if you're a, a cast or crew member from oh, mash please come please please, please get in touch with us we would love to Skype you in and talk to you during one of our episodes. Um, Give us any background, you know, mm -hmm. just a little fun facts. Or, what was it like? What did you, you know, do? Yeah. You know, uh, how, how did it affect your career, if it did? Because a lot of people, John Ritter, Lawrence Fisher, and a lot yes, of people... Yes, we're on the Howard. Ron Howard. Ron, yeah, Ron Howard. That's what it's like. A lot of people were on this show early on in their careers, you know? And exactly. Where did that lead you? We would love to hear. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, have a good week. Have a good week. Until next right. time, I'm Chris. I'm Gloria. Have a great week. Yeah. Yep. This is where the outro goes. Outro goes. Outro goes. <laughs> okay. This is what Curious George has taught me. <laughs> Bye, everyone.